welcome to the Lightly Literary Podcast, the Thoughtful Book Club podcast featuring two friends. I'm Travis, joined as always by my co-host Amanda. Welcome back, Amanda. Hello. We are in the shining light of James Joyce. Do you feel do you feel enlightened, illuminated? Yes. Smarter. A book that'll make you feel smarter and less smart, I guess. Yeah. A little bit of both. Um, you found a book recommendation episode, listener, which is the perfect starting place. If you've never listened to the pod before, you're in the right place because our goal with our book recommendations is to try and persuade you to read a book with us. Uh, we always cover our books over the course of two weeks, two different book club episodes, and so this is the introductory one. Today we'll be discussing Dubliners by James Joyce, which is a short story collection by a pretty famous kind of like figure in English literary history, kind of a big name if you have ever studied literature in like a even kind of casual way you maybe have heard of him so big figure big book uh pretty readable though we'll get into that in the recommendation as i mentioned we are the lightly literary podcast you can find us on facebook and instagram under that handle so it's just at the lightly literary podcast which is all one word we post our updates and promotions there so follow us there if you want to keep up with what we're reading upcoming books stuff we're covering it kind of just yeah keeps people in the know as to what books we're doing also we'll tell you on these episodes too if you can rate us on spotify or itunes wherever you get your podcast we're up on the big platforms it always helps so put the word out there you know start a pamphlet flyer system in your neighborhood all the all the casual <laughs> stuff uh, <laughs> to support media in the 21st century but yeah we appreciate all that um tell friends and family etc if they need a, a solid book wreck again this is a recommendation episode so we won't be spoiling the book in too much depth or detail we'll be just be giving a light review of it and trying to give you kind of the good elements of it, explain what makes it work and why you should read it. It's, like I said, basically an act of persuasion. So we'll be trying to convince you today. I chose this one. Uh, why did I pick this book, Amanda? Can you, do you have insight into my mind? <laughs> <laughs> I think you wanted something that was like literary because we haven't done classics in a while. Yeah. And I think you, we both felt that too, because our next pick after this one's a Philip Roth book, another, he's just kind of like a famous American figure. This um, Joyce is Irish, if, if you didn't know. And so, yeah, Dubliners is like one of his famous works. It's also one of his most accessible, which is important. We'll get to that in our review. But, yeah, I think I agree with you. We we kind of, I don't know, we don't really have a, a modus operandi on the pod in terms of our genre picks or like the theme. Um, maybe one day we'll recast the pod as like we'll do a theme or have a focus or something. But our interests are just too broad. So we just kind of jump around from whatever we're curious about. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, this is part of that. So we got back to something a little more literary. Works for a book study, I'll say. So if you're if you're here for the discussion and want to have some people there to talk with you and open things up with you, then you're in the right place. Let's get into why this book works and how to recommend it. We'll start with our rapid fire recommendations. This is our first segment where we very briefly fill in the blank about who should read this and why. Amanda, start us off with your first. Yeah, uh, you should read this if you like subtlety in your stories. Yeah, we've read a couple things in the pod. Even, let's celebrate one. Welcome to, you know, not welcome to H-Mart. God, that's very different. Crying. <laughs> crying in H-Mart. I think that book lays it all out there. Like, it's not really withholding anything. It's very honest. Mm -hmm. The ideas are clear. And so this is just such a contrast, even that both are great, you know, like I enjoyed both. But yeah, this this book is not going to, this book expects you to read into things a bit. And it's not going to end things clearly in the stories. I think you should read this book if you want to be annoying but smart at your next board game party night, potluck, other social engagement with friends. Yeah, so <laughs> it's uh, James Joyce does have that that clout, that literary clout, the the reputation for being somebody who is uh, 
often difficult to read and yeah. you, you definitely are like a a literary mastermind to understand his stuff but but not so here <laughs> yeah that's that's kind of a critical part of the persuasion of at least my review but yes it's you can you can be uptight or um not uptight impressively i guess uh elitist or pretentious if you want to be <laughs> mm-hmm. um for sure yeah how about for you um if you like focused character portrayals yeah, some of these short stories have zero plot, or like yeah. I, about as close to zero plot as you can get. Some are though, some are traditional, pretty clear and conflict based. But no, it's character first for sure. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you should read this book if you enjoy historical fiction. Which, to be clear, this was not historical fiction. He wrote it in the time, but it will feel like very dense historical fiction. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that, but. The way I suppose that we approach it, because it's like written a hundred years ago, <laughs> for us it is almost like historical. History. And it's so, so immersive. If a person wrote this today, I would almost come at them and be like, you overdid it. Like, come on, <laughs> you don't have to do... I get that you researched this book and you went back into the library university stacks and dug up every d- book about Dublin of the early 19th century. But like, if somebody handed this to me and was like, oh, this is a 2022 book, do you like it? I'd be like, please tone it down 15%. Like, come on. <laughs> this is uh, this is almost unreadable. But no, I think, but it hits that same part of your brain where you're like, whoa, this is immersive. So, yeah. 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 Um, I think you should read this book if you think that feeling helpless and stuck um, is an important theme to mm. explore. Yeah, the Dubliners are not, they're not well, you know. They're, <laughs> eh, some of them are a little bit happy and content, but yeah, it's, I wouldn't call it bleak, uh, but it's also, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know what the right adjective then is. I'm trying to find the right level. It's not like grim or bleak, but it, um, downtrodden some of them. So, oh, yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you should do this book if you don't mind checking some footnotes or endnotes, <laughs> but you also have some self control. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The self control is, is pretty important, I think, with <laughs> how many foot. My, mm-hmm. my copy didn't have as many footnotes as yours did, but yeah. Yeah. I, I could see being overwhelmed by it. Um, <laughs> um, you should read this book if you think that religion is both to be untrusted and liberally used for literary devices. Yeah, it's Ireland, folks. There's uh, <laughs> It's Catholics and Protestants. I'll just throw mine out there right now, too, my final one. You should read this book if you're a Catholic or a Protestant. Well, can we work this out, guys? <laughs> What's going on? You know, it's been it's been 100 plus years, 500 years. Th- I don't, you know, not 1,000, but it's um, it's been a long time. And yeah, if you're totally disinterested in that, unfortunately, it does unlock, I think, a lot of his social critique. And again, that's where the footnotes will hopefully help people out. Because I just don't yeah. know how many contemporary readers of ours, Amanda, are sitting there with a deep understanding of that conflict. So yeah, that's definitely present. Then my final one is uh, you should read this if you're interested in Joyce as a writer, but are daunted by his major works. Yeah, he pioneered, helped pioneer, should say, stream of consciousness writing, which is nonlinear, introspective, psychological, unpredictable, strange, you know, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's definitely not traditional and, and simple, simplistic. And if that just sounds exhausting to you, this is the one. This is your chance. I don't think he wrote a more <laughs> yeah. accessible thing. And even then, I would say this is accessible. Uh, just on a, mm-hmm. The inaccessibility is not the writing style. It's the allusions to Dublin and the history. Like, that is what makes right. it inaccessible, if you want to yeah. call it that. But the writing is not going to get 
more understandable you know he he only becomes more like t.s Eliot poetry or something later like this is right this is the chance so i agree yeah. with that completely i i'll end with mine you should read this book if you like ambiguity in fiction which we do that's one of our favorite things yeah. about unsurprisingly reading, yeah. we responded pretty positively to this <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, so those are our rapid-fire recs. Let's move now to the pop culture touchstones. We each pick one thing from pop culture, or just like, I don't know, history, too, whatever, that reminds us of this work. I'm going to do mine on the fly, because I was I had a hard time with this, so how about for Whoa. yours? Oh, okay. Um, I chose um, The Painting, A Sunday Afternoon on the Island of La Grande Jatte by Georges Seurat. Um, I don't know... Uh, so. If you're not going to look it up, it's the very famous pointillism painting, pointillism yeah. being like the dots. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, a bunch of like Victorian styled people enjoying a nice Sunday afternoon on an island. As yeah. The, if you've taken an art class, you've seen it. Yeah. Um, and I, the, I feel like the first time I, I remember seeing it is also like um, Looney Tunes made a reference to it. Right, so it's like I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> classic. Uh, <laughs> so, um, several reasons that I chose that particular yeah, painting. Um, so, th- with pointillism, you have like all these major dots. So, if you're up close to the painting, um, you can't really see anything except for these dots. So, it's like in the story, there's these like close-up. Uh, portrayals of these characters but then when you take a step back because this is a collection um and when you take a step back in pointillism then you can see the entire picture with dubliners when you take a step back and you look at the entire collection and try to see like is it only location dubliners being you know obviously set in dublin is that the only reason that it's all connected no it's thematically it's also very much connected and i think taking that step back and looking at it you can actually Mm -hmm. uh by by finding the the theme that runs through it it very much informs the way that you read um the book and or the the collections the stories um within them yeah and yeah I love it. That's well put, too. And in, when you consider the city as the broader picture, it's, yeah, I think it unveil, un, re- reveals, unveils itself in an impressive way in yeah. that sense, too. Excellent. Okay. I'm going to go with, so I debated. I, here's the thing. I kept trying to come up with, because, and tell me if this reading's off, I, I kept wanting to pick, like, a thing about the working class, because I do think mm-hmm. that this is about people who are, if not downtrodden, at least struggling a bit, caught up in the middle to lower middle of their society. They're not they're not succeeding, you know, they're, they're struggling, and it's not universally true. There are some people in here that seem to be a part of a higher society and more elitist or uh, wealthy, however you want to put that, but it's, I don't know, that's how it felt to me. I don't, is that off? Mm-hmm. Do you have a, is that a not a good summary? I mean, some of them are pretty contentedly middle class, I guess, too. Yeah, I mean, well, contentedly, that's a... <laughs> well, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. fair. <laughs> but yeah, like, even, I think that uh, they were all pretty middle to, to middle lower. Um, and even if they were of a higher class, uh, as we see in the latter half there, I think that they're still discontent in some way. So I think the other, so then I thought there's some TV, maybe documentaries or something. Let me just throw out quick. Cause I clearly, 
struggled with this one. Maybe let's go with Upton Sinclair, The Jungle. This is the main touchstone versus divide. Main touchstone would be examining something unexamined, really trying to unpack something in its entirety. It's it's kind of a working class issue. You know, it's attempting to to uh, like flip over something that's in the shadows and, and put light on it, I guess, would be a quick metaphor for it. The, the disconnect, though, is like this is not focused on it's not moralizing. It's not focused on something. It's definitely not journalistic. Like it's not tr- attempting to <laughs> fix something in any way. But I just think I was just, yeah, thinking through like, well, what? Yeah, I, I should have put more time to this. I should have done like a 15 minute quick deep dive on like my bookshelves or something because I feel like there is something I could have done better. But I'll, I'll quickly say that one. The, the Jungle Upton Sinclair, just if you're interested in writing that's intense and has kind of that imagery, that kind of it's delving all the way in aspect. The main divide, though, again, is it's like this is this does not have a project behind it in the political sense, at least not that I picked up on. There's definitely some religious stuff you could maybe read into. But yeah. Let's go with yeah, some 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 politics too, right? With the nationalism. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not ignoring it either. It just doesn't. You know, the jungle had such a clear goal, and this this doesn't as much, other than just mm-hmm. show Dublin in its entirety. So it's messy. I really wish I could have come up with something like that attempted. Maybe that. What's the Ginsburg, Ohio, Winsburg, Ohio? What's that short story collection where it's like all about, or that novel all about that place? That realism. Yeah, Winesburg, Ohio by Sherwood Anderson. Maybe that's the closest comparison then. Would that be better? <laughs> Not really pop yeah, culture Yeah, I mean, that that's also like, a, I, I thought about that book as well, that, that short story um, collection as well. The the only, the the major difference though is that there is one character who's in every single story. Right. Whether, but he's not always the main character. He's kind of like a background character in a lot of them. Totally. Yeah, I didn't read that whole thing. I read it as part of a realism class I took, a realism and, like, naturalism class, and forgot. I think we read, you know, like, two parts of it, or you know how it goes. Those classes mm-hmm. are a little snapshots. So, yeah, those are connections, though. Definitely gives it a sense of its literary ambition. Let's yeah. move to our scripted pitch, Amanda, our third segment of the Persuasion and Rec Pod. Um, we've each prepared a piece of writing in advance, around 200 words. As usual, mine is usually longer. Amanda's is usually actually following the directions. <laughs> Uh, that's just how that's just how we rock here. Uh, I'm the rebellious one on the Harley Davidson. Amanda's driving the minivan, so we, we all play our parts. <laughs> um, anyway, so we've prepared a piece of writing though in advance to give you a more focused bit of our thoughts on on the work. Why don't you do yours first, Amanda? Since you're the uh, you're sure. the A student. Yep, I I am part Asian, so I have to follow the rules. Um. <laughs> Yikes! That's uh, let's just uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, it was not what I implied. That's <laughs> all I can say, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So I said, I was first introduced to Joyce uh, with his autobiographical novel, A Portrait of an Artist as a Young Man. As a senior in high school, I hated it. I could barely yeah. get through it. Um, Joyce's other long works are, from what I hear, equally difficult to get through. Dubliners, however, has been a real joy. I found myself wondering how someone who wrote something as seemingly disjointed and patronizing, pretentious, as portrait of an artist, could write something as concise and enduring as the stories in this collection. Joyce in these stories has a real ability to suck the reader in quickly with some hard-hitting introductory paragraphs that use characterization and setting for tone and mood. 
He's done a great job with keeping his stories pretty open-ended as well. Nothing is spelled out for you, even in, if the footnotes attempt to do just that. So you can come up with your own conclusions. The situations that these characters are in may seem mundane, but the themes that Joyce explores through their thoughts and actions are still relevant today. Whether you decide to read each footnote hmm. and try to understand the historical relevance of this collection, or you ignore the historical footnotes to apply your own contemporary understanding of these stories, you'll find yourself empathi empathizing with these characters and appreciating Joyce's portrayal of them. This is a great introduction to why Joyce is canonized without having to slog through some of his super literary works, while still reading something literary. Yeah, I'm about to parrot all your talking points, Amanda. You nailed it. It's it's your, it, like I said too. It's it's your chance, listener. This is it. You gotta not just you know you don't have to listen along to our discussion if it if it's not helpful or insightful. But like, the, I yeah, I can't imagine another way to try and break in than this. Mm -hmm. um, I, I narrowly avoided in college. Our college, the, not our mine, the college I went to. Um, really liked author study classes in their their lit department just kind of I mean obviously they offered a ton of different classes but it was kind of like the two big themings or categorizations was either let's do a time period or let's do just an author and contextualize that person and I almost took the Joyce class you know I was at my most bold I was at my most pretentious maybe and my most I was feeling myself and thought like let's do it but I don't think the schedule worked out so oh. never never dove in I don't think I don't know I mean I'm sure I would have enjoyed it because of you get help you get you get focused you get the the guidance and all that like I'm sure it would have been enjoyable but I don't know in a sense I'm glad I took other things and got it got, got different views of stuff so mm -hmm. ended up doing for those I ended up doing well we had to do Shakespeare I was glad I got my favorite professor for that class, and we only did the tragedies, which I thought was cool. You know, I was like, ah, yeah, let's ah. do that. So we read them all. And then the other one I did, oh, no, I did two others. I did Jonathan Swift. So I spent my time in Ireland. I did my time. And then the, <laughs> um, and then Orwell was the other one. Oh. Yeah. Both pretty interesting. Not bad. Both, both worthy of their own studies. Swift maybe. I don't know. We'll, we'll get into it maybe if we do a Swift pod. <laughs> he Maybe he was best in, in small chunks or like his longer. He's like a novel called The Tale of the Tub. It's like uh, pretty unreadable. <laughs> but, oh, really? Um, yeah. Yeah I, yeah. I only know of um, oh, The Broad and Nogs Travels. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And A Modest Proposal. Those are of the course. two things that I associate with him. Again, I'll reiterate, probably for a reason. Like, you know, obviously <laughs> literary history doesn't get everything right, but it's like... Yeah, that's probably worthy of the canon, I guess. Those are yeah. <laughs> um, not bad, though. I, it's, you know, I, do I want to do a semester of him? Probably not. Maybe like three weeks would have been cool, you know? But that's maybe mm -hmm. where I'm at with Swift. Anyway, way off topic now. Let me get to my scripted pitch on, on Dubliners. <laughs> uh, here's what I know after finishing this. The worst thing you could know or the worst interaction you could have with James Joyce is about a trivia question's worth. This is my revelation. So if you knew nothing about him, of course, would mean you're totally free. You can live unburdened of worrying about whether you should read his books or avoiding him you don't feel the guilt and if you know a good amount about him then you've probably actually tried one of his books maybe like amanda you read a high school one or a college one and it's like eh, you know not so bad right now it's just words on a page like let's not be so intimidated you probably were confused by a ton of it but whatever it's it's again literary fiction it can be tough i so i again come down like the worst place to be with joyce after finishing this now is if like if you know who he is and you can tell me two to three sentences from his wikipedia page then you know he's like a titanic figure he's got scholarship left and right people love studying him 
him. He's probably seems like an inaccessible prodigy, like a genius. You know, he's got this unrivaled insight into humankind. Uh, he pioneered or helped pioneer stream of consciousness style, which you know, means basically he became quite good at writing gibberish for like native English speakers. <laughs> like, how do you make a language everyone knows un understandable, <laughs> baffling? So it's like, I think if that's where you're at with Joyce, if you like know those sentences from Wikipedia, but you've never tried them, then in, if that's you, like Dubliners, this is your chance. You can have Joyce and freedom here. You can unburden yourself because I think it's not only fairly accessible as a short story collection. And, like, you can kind of read it and just kind of bulldoze over the religious stuff and enjoy other things in the stories. Like, you don't have to pick up on that commentary to like all of these. It's also any person's best chance to immerse themselves in what, like, he does well. So it's, you know, you've got the things he, he writes about so beautifully, like drunken scoundrels and these pragmatic overbearing maybe mothers and people tortured by nostalgia you've got punchy turns of phrase clear and like also unclear illusions that are like six feet under deep and you have to use the footnotes you've also got like crystal clear <laughs> characters who are really frustrating and interesting and baffling and they're doing all all those things equally so there's a lot to recommend it's a pretty great short story collection and again i would say on the whole this feels so weird to say I feel like I left disappointed, but you have to understand that that's only because his reputation is undeserved because no one deserves it. That's what I'm taking away from this. Like, I was only disappointed because it's like no person should be as intimidating as he has become. He just mm -hmm. wrote some stories here. Like... A few of them are brilliant, and I thought a few were boring too. It's like, yeah, this isn't this is the greatest thing ever written. Like, come on, um, a few are really challenging, and and maybe I like underread some of them. You know, we did our best analysis, and it helped a lot to discuss them. On the whole, though, it's just a very immersive. It's really fascinating. It's a great snapshot of a time and place. It is it is interesting. It is dense, but it, it's also just stories. You know, it's really not as intimidating as it should be. Um, he set out to capture something, and I think he really did, which is a high compliment. So if you you find yourself literary curious then you know join us it's it's not so bad yeah that's that's actually a really good point like uh joyce has this reputation and and there's this like he's almost treated as like a, a literary god in some ways like yeah yeah um and <laughs> you know the novel that i read the portrait of an artist as a young man like i i was like why is this something that everybody's like oh you you know Joyce is like the best writer and at that mm -hmm. time that was the only thing by Joyce that I had I had read and I was like this is terrible like it's so unnecessarily confusing mm -hmm. like he yeah. wants to confuse the reader why is this canonized um and then like you read Dubliners and you're like you know he's actually a good writer <laughs> in a lot of ways he's he definitely like understands language and and how to turn a phrase and and he understands like you know sticking with a theme and and really diving into that theme yeah, and yeah exploring that and you're like okay so i can see why according to dubliners this is this is why he is perhaps canonized um but then like totally the other stuff i'm like I don't, I just don't see it <laughs> yeah and can can the academy can can the phds like 
you know, over time, over rate, over canonize. Like, sure, anyone could anyone could do it. You know, any yeah. anyone at any level could overrate a piece of art, an artist, whatever. Like, you know, you have to deal with that on your own. I, I do think though, people like Joyce. He he may be just be the kind of herald of this type of thinking, but and it's because you know, stream of consciousness is a is just a more challenging, less accessible way of conveying thoughts it just is like mm-hmm. it's you know it is challenging but i yeah I, I left it you know like oh yeah what a you know that was a great collection what a nice collection and to me that yeah. always means like there's some real duds in there and it's like i'm not gonna you know this man's no literary savior it was it was really good <laughs> it just was yeah. it's, i don't know right. it and that's yeah I, I hope i conveyed that clearly it's like the only way you can be disappointed is if you only know him from Wikipedia. Like, that's how you'll yeah. be disappointed here, because you're like, oh, you mean he wasn't God or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, nope, just had some ideas about Dublin, really got a good snapshot of the city. There's some pretty readable literary stuff in here. It's good, you know? It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Does Does anyone hold up to their reputation except for old Bill? <laughs> Other than <laughs> Bill Shakespeare? Like, literally anybody else? I mean... I don't know. It seems like not. I'm not sure, but yeah. he he might be the only one who doesn't disappoint. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. A, a episode another podcast to unpack that idea. But yeah, those are those are my thoughts on this collection. Again, this is this is your chance, listener, to dig in. Let's end with our final segment. As always, Amanda, the quote for clarification. We're each going to read a quote from the work briefly and discuss what it represents or why we chose it. Uh, why don't you start us off with yours? Sure. Um, I had mentioned in my scripted pitch that I really enjoyed the um, introductions, and and I think that he's he does a really great job um, in these stories with being concise to the point, but also able to um, do a good job with like depiction and setting a tone and a mood for <clears throat> the entire work. So this is from the short story after the race. Which is one I think that we did not actually um, look at. I don't think we did, no, no. Um, So this is after the race, this is just the introduction paragraph. The cars came scudding in towards Dublin, running evenly like pellets in the groove of the Noss Road. At the crest of the hill, at Incacore, sightseers had gathered in clumps to watch the cars careering homeward, and through this channel of poverty and inaction, the continent sped its wealth and industry. Now and again, the clumps of people raised the cheer of the gratefully oppressed. Their sympathy, however, was for the blue cars, the cars of their friends, the French. So, it's funny, like, this, this introduction, it's, it's, a. it's a race in Ireland, and it's it's the contrast between uh, the people of Ireland who are oppressed, they're impoverished in a lot of ways, they're discontent, but they're showing support for these people who are flashing their wealth um, and are not local. Um, right, and right. the group that they are most supporting would be the French. Um, and they call them their their friends um, because the uh, historical note the French uh, supported the idea of, of Ireland maintaining their <clears throat> their own um, national identity yeah. rather than becoming a part of of Great Britain. Right. Right. So yeah, but I just I like that you have this like excitement. These cars are racing, but then there's this undertone of like classism and. Um, uh, like a little bit of resentment and I just think that that was really well done 
Yeah, that's. I think it's a good one too. We didn't unpack that on either of the book clubs, and maybe we did leave the most obvious class commentary on the table. Then we unpacked it in a lot of other stories, but that you're right, that might have been <laughs> where it was most direct. But yeah, the, all yeah. the big ideas are there. You know, if you go into this collection thinking I'm going to look for religious references, maybe some nationalism, politics, in politics, you're good. <laughs> You'll pick up on enough to like engage <laughs> with the stories and consider what's going on. Uh, mine is from Araby or Arabi, however we ended up pronouncing that. It is mm-hmm. just a boy who's got a crush. So I wanted to show how simple the writing can be, but how subtle and good too. <laughs> um, this is when he's thinking about her. It's his, I think it's his friend's sister, right? Yes. Yeah, older older sister. Um, she, w- she was waiting for us, her figure defined by the light from the half-open door. Her brother always teased her before he obeyed, and I stood by the railings looking at her. Her dress swung as she moved her body, and the soft rope of her hair tossed from side to side. Every morning I lay on the floor in the front parlor watching her door. That blind was pulled down to within an inch of the sash so I could not be seen. When she came out on the door har- doorstep, my heart leaped. I ran to the hall, seized my books, and followed her. I kept her brown figure always in my eye, and when we came near to the point where our ways diverged, I quickened my pace and passed her. This happened morning after morning. I had never spoken to her except a few casual words, yet her name was like a summons to all my foolish blood. Her image accompanied me even in places the most hostile to romance. And I'll pause there. It, you know, it's classic stuff here, man. Does this really so, does this have to be so intimidating? It has some subtlety to it, of course. There's some play with, like, the lighting of things, and there's some, like, ideas about the blind half-closed in this leering sense of his attitude and whatever. But in the same time, it's just a succinct, you know, well-realized portrayal of this one-sided romance, this crush, and this desire. It's... And a a good chunk of it is like this, where you, if you Mm want to, you know, really start analyzing things again, yeah, unpack the light, unpack the rope of her hair. What's that about? Like, there's things in here, of course, but in the the same sense, it's just like, oh, yeah, what a what a succinct, you know, this little boy doesn't know what to do with himself. And And the story picks up on that theme and carries it out. And I don't think it ends clearly, but that's, again, I think part of the fun is like you get to kind of analyze the ending and think through it on your own. But yeah, it's a quote to show. I didn't want to pick something dense. You know, that's the whole point of this wreck for me is like, it's not easy, but it's not intimidating. Yeah. And, and I, that quote in particular, you're, you're pointing out, you could analyze the, the particulars of that quote, but from a general sense, if you, if you're not somebody who wants to read into that, just the image itself, um, without delving into word choice, it's still a compelling image. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah, And I think it can operate on different levels, but hopefully, hopefully that quote was accessible. You know, Yeah. I tried to pick Mm -hmm. one that was, that did a little bit of both. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's yeah. Dubliners for you. Uh, any final thoughts on this one, Amanda? Uh, nope. Yeah, strong wreck from both of us, I think. Not mm-hmm. really a mix. I, I put that twist in my written review on purpose because it's I wanted to convey kind of where my mind was with him. But yeah, hopefully we both made it clear it was like a really enjoyable read and definitely a kind of book you need a book club to help with it maybe. Or like it's more beneficial or feels better to read something like this with, with someone else or with a group to unpack yeah, it with. Sure. It's, you know, yeah. if you read it on your own for pure entertainment, like who knows, everyone has different barriers for their, their literary entry so to speak but yeah no a good one for discussion um let's do our outro quick we got other books coming up so if we failed to persuade you today we apologize we'll try better next time try harder we have three books chosen we always pick about three books ahead amanda run them through those quick and what they're about yeah so next up we've got the human stain by philip roth 
Then we've got Soccer and Sun and Shadow by Eduardo, <clears throat> sorry, Eduardo, Eduardo Galliano. Yep. And finally, A Good Family by A.H. Kim. So two novels and then the Soccer and Sun and Shadow is, it's nonfiction about soccer, but it's kind of autobiography slash poetic descriptions. They're very short. They're like vignettes, kind of. So they're like two to three page little vignettes about soccer, games, style, tactics. So some nonfiction in there, too. Finally, covering sports. Any any brief thoughts about uh, sports <laughs> before you close out? <laughs> no, okay. I, I I don't know anything about them. So <laughs> fantastic. Well, we'll try and we'll try and educate the the people out there. Um, again, follow us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at the Lightly Literary Podcast, which is all one word. Like and subscribe on any podcast platform. It helps a ton. We do appreciate those things. You know, tell friends and family. Start that letter writing campaign. Your new put us in your newsletter. You know, all the all the good twenty first century. <laughs> plugs <laughs> anyway it helps uh we'll be covering the first half of dubliners for our first book club from the sisters to a painful case so if you want to read the stories with us again the first half will include the sisters up through a painful case so read the, the read those it's definitely the majority of them because the second half stories are longer so we covered fewer of them and yeah. uh that'll be coming up on book club part one we appreciate you as always for listening through the recommendation we hope you join us for the conversation and as always we'll see you between the pages 